right, so let's go ahead. We will get started. We are in Ephesians chapter number 6. Uh, we finished off in verse number 4 uh, last time, so we will pick up in verse number 5. So here, uh, as a recap, um, in verse number 22 of chapter 5, Paul started talking about uh, home life and the family. <clears throat> he talked about husbands and wives. Then he gets into chapter 6 and he talks about children, how that they should obey their parents and honor their mother and their father. <clears throat> and then he also talks about fathers or the parents, uh, how that they are to uh, relate and deal with their children. Uh, it says, provoke not your children to wrath. And we covered that. So now he is transitioning away from the home and he's transitioning to the outside world. The world in which we live and interact uh, with other people. So let's read verses 5 down through verse number 8 and then we'll go back and cover them one at a time. Servants, be obedient unto them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. <clears throat> so when we look at that, uh, <clears throat> Paul ended up in verse number eight with saying bond or free. So we can, uh, when we read this, we can get a little bit distracted with the fact that he's talking about servants. And slavery was uh, present in Paul's day. Uh, the children of Israel, the Jews, were in bondage, in slavery, in uh, Egypt for 400 years. <clears throat> There's many slaves. Uh, we're very fortunate that uh, for the most part, slavery has been uh, set aside and doesn't exist today. However, uh, it does still exist. It's been outlawed pretty much in every country, but there's a lot of countries that do not enforce that. Uh, so there's many countries where slavery still exists. Uh, children that are born of slaves are born into slavery. Uh, people are mistreated. They're abused. Uh, North Korea has the highest population of slaves. 10% of North Korea's population lives in slavery today. And 26% of all the slaves in the world are children. It's estimated that there's 40.3 billion slave or million slaves uh, in the world today. So I know that slavery can be a touchy issue. Slavery is uh, an awful thing. Uh, I'm very glad that it doesn't exist in the United States anymore, um, and I hate that it ever did. But there, I believe there are some people today that really think that like. America invented slavery and America was the only place on the world that ever that slavery ever existed. Uh, that's not true. Uh, it is something that is part of our history. 
that we're not proud of, but the proudest thing that we can do as Americans and raise our heads high is say that it was here, but we got rid of it. And we wouldn't tolerate it and we wouldn't stand for it today. Uh, and we need to have that same mindset really as a country toward the rest of the world where people are still <clears throat> uh, living in slaves. But when, when we see verse number eight, he says, whether he be bond or free. So whether a person is a slave or whether a person is just what we would think of and we would say an employee. So whether it's bond or slave, this still applies. So as we look at this, we have to understand that Paul is telling slaves, servants, how they should serve their masters. So slavery doesn't exist in the United States today, but what does exist is employees and employers. So we can apply all these principles to ourselves as we go to work every day because we are the servants of the people that we work for. We're not in slavery, but we are in a position of servitude in a sense that I go to work and I do what my boss tells me. And if I don't want to do what my boss tells me, I can quit and leave and the money they give me will stop as well. <laughs> you know, so I go to work willingly, but I don't go to work because it's fun and I enjoy it. I, I do enjoy my job, but if they stopped paying me, I would stop going, <laughs> you know. So I, I do it to make a living and to pay my bills. Uh, and if somebody uh, told me they would pay all my bills for me, I wouldn't go work for Ecolab anymore. Not that I hate it. I just, that's the only reason I go. <laughs> There's a lot of other things that I'd rather be doing <clears throat> in my life that just like all of us uh, than going to work. So this word servants here in verse number five means literally a slave, but it, it means literally a slave or figuratively either a slave, involuntary slave or a voluntary person. So one that is, that is in service to someone else, even though it's voluntary. So we are going to look at this passage of scripture, not in the uh, mindset of slavery because that doesn't exist today so that doesn't apply to any of us but we're going to look at it in the sense of how that we uh, are to <clears throat> treat our employers and what kind of employees that we should be all right so he said uh, to servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh that, that word obedient right there is the exact same Greek word that was used in verse number one where Paul said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So what Paul essentially is saying here when he said, obey your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, he's saying the same thing that he said to children, that we should obey uh, those that are put in authority over us because this is right. That's the right thing to do. Uh, <clears throat> I do not hide my faith, but I do not use my position at work because I am in a position to where I, to where I speak to people. I'm, I'm in a, um, a teaching position. I'm, a, I'm in a training position. So I train people all the time and it's against company policy for me to teach or train my personal opinions or my personal beliefs. Uh, I'm supposed to teach 
what the company asked me to teach, teach how to fix a dish machine, how to install, how to do the plumbing work, how to do the electrical, all that kind of stuff. So it would be inappropriate of me, it would be wrong of me to interject my religious beliefs or my political beliefs or any other kind of belief into that position that they've given me to where people are a captive audience and they have to listen to what I'm saying. So a lot of times during breaks when we used to have in-person classes and we would take the class out for dinner one night a week, uh, a lot of times people would come up and ask me uh, about my personal beliefs and about my faith and about church and they would, they would ask religious questions and I would talk about that freely and openly. But I would only do that if, if they brought it up because I'm in a position at work to where they're paying me to do a job. They're not paying me to be an evangelist and to witness to people. So be an evangelist and witness to people, there's nothing wrong with that. But it would be inappropriate and it would be wrong for me to do it at work because I am supposed to serve my employer the same way I would serve Christ and that would be under obedience. He says, masters according to the flesh, we serve them with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. So <clears throat> when I go to work, when we go to work, we should have a singleness of heart. We should have a, a single focus and that should be to do what our employer is asking us to do and what they are paying us to do. Now, the day that my employer asks me to do something that is wrong or sinful, I'll walk away and find another job because I have that ability. <clears throat> but when I'm there, I need to be single-minded. I need to not be thinking about uh, anything else but my job and what my job is and doing the best job that I can uh, for the money that they're paying me. And notice he said that we are to serve our masters as unto Christ. So really <clears throat> what we... Uh, if we really think about it, when we go to work, we're doing God's will because God told Adam that you're going to have to earn a living by the sweat of your brow. So working is a command from God to earn a living. And the Bible says that any man that uh, doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. Now, that's not talking about somebody that's working two jobs and trying as hard as they can but can't pay the bills. He's talking about somebody that's lazy and won't get a job. That's what, that's what he's talking about. So working is a command of God. And here, Paul gives us a glimpse into what God's will is as far as how we should work. And then in verse number 6, he said, Not with eye service as men pleasers. So what in the world does that mean? Eye service means exactly what it sounds like, being watched. So we should not do it with eye service as men pleasers. In other words, I can't do the right thing when my boss is watching and as soon as my boss leaves, do whatever I want and goof off and everything else. Because then the only time I'm doing my job as men pleasers is when I'm being watched. <clears throat> you see, if we have integrity, and I, I tell people this all the time at work, because, you know, in a leadership position, when I teach leadership training, I try to help people understand that you can't threaten people. You can't uh, force people to do certain things. You can't lead by threats and intimidation because people are going to do exactly what you say as long as you're watching. And as soon as you're not watching, they're going to do the exact opposite. 
So the hardest thing about a position of leadership is being able to instill in the person the desire to do the right thing and to do the job the correct way because they have to want to. That, that want to, if, if you can instill the want to in people, you are a great leader. <clears throat> people that lead by threats and intimidation, the, most people think that they're really tough and that they're mean and everything else, but honestly, they're, they're cowards because they, they can't lead people. They can't motivate people. They can't put that desire in people. So the only way that they can get people to do their jobs is to threaten to fire them, threaten them, and lead by intimidation. But he said that we're not to be uh, servants, uh, to eye service as men pleasers. So we're not only supposed to work uh, when the boss is watching. And then he goes on, he says, but... As servants of Christ. So once again, how, how are we supposed to deal with our employers at work? We are to serve them the same way that we serve Christ. With dedication and with single-mindedness and with a whole heart. And then he goes on after says, as the servants of Christ, he says, doing the will of God from the heart. So what is the will of God? The will of God is that when I go to work, that I do a good job. You see, the best Christian testimony that we can give to lost people that we work with is that we're not the ones goofing off, taking long breaks and calling in sick and, and, and cheating the company and stealing uh, gloves and everything else from work and all that other kind of stuff. You see, that shows people that as a Christian, we're no different than anybody else. And we're, 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 we do things just as wrong as everybody else does. But see, when we go to work, they, people should see us working hard. They, they should see us be dedicated. They should see us. Listen, I don't always agree with what the company asked me to do. And I don't always agree with what my boss asked me to do. Uh, and, and if my boss makes a decision, at, most of the time they ask my opinion. They will come to us and we will discuss it. But ultimately, when the boss makes a decision... That's what we're doing, whether I like it or not, right? So I can, I can make one of two choices. I can complain and fuss and gripe about it and do as bad a job as I can to make it unsuccessful so that so we don't do it. Or I can dedicate myself to even though I don't like how we're handling this or how we're doing this, I'm going to do the best job that I can. And that's what God's will is because he says that we are to serve them in verse number five as unto Christ. In verse number six, as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. See, the from the heart is the key thing. Is It has to be in our heart to want to do a good job for our employers. And then in verse number 7, he said, With good will, doing service as unto the Lord and not to men. So what in the world is he talking about here where he says good will? What that word means in the Greek is with kindness or good intentions. You see, I have seen it. A new district manager takes over a district. I've seen this in the job that I, in the company that I work with right now. A new district manager takes over and they come in and they try to rule with an iron fist and they try to scare people and all the people that report to them, they just roll over. They quit, they quit driving sales, so this person takes over, sales drop, and people uh, that get paid commission 
will intentionally stop trying to get sales. So they will hurt their own income to hurt their boss. I have seen it. And I have seen that person to where sales drop so much and everything in that district falls apart within eight to 12 months, that person is demoted and gotten rid of. And why were they gotten rid of? Because the people that reported to them intended exactly that to happen. That's exactly what they wanted to happen. So they did everything they could to sabotage the district, to sabotage every number, even at the expense of their own income to get rid of their boss. <clears throat> But that's not what Paul says we should do. We should, be, we should be serving our employers with goodwill, with kindness, and uh, with good intentions. And then he said, doing service as unto the Lord. We should serve our employer with the same zeal, with the same dedication, with the same single-mindedness that we do when we serve the Lord Himself. And then... He gives us the reason why in verse number 8. He said, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So this is what he's saying. My life will be blessed if I serve my employer the right way. Now, if I serve my employer the wrong way, those blessings will be withheld from my, from my life. Just like anything else. See, a lot of times as Christians, we think, okay, God will bless me if I pay my tithes. God will bless me if I study the Bible. God will bless me if I'm faithful to church. God will bless me if I witness. God will bless me if I pray. And I'm not saying that God doesn't bless all those things because He does. But sometimes we forget God also blesses us in how we treat our neighbor. He also blesses us in how we treat other people, our friends. He, he blesses us based on how we treat our enemies, the people that don't like us. He blesses us based on how we work on the job. You see, uh, there are people that I have seen that have been very, very confused how that a certain person got a promotion. So there's two or three people up for the promotion, and the one from the outside that seems least qualified gets the promotion. Why is that? Well, it's, if they're a Christian, it could be because of the blessings of God. You see, I am convinced that I work for the company that I work for right now because the Holy Spirit of God, it was, it was God's will that I find this job because I prayed for, for a different job at the time. And I believe from the depths of my heart that the man that was doing the hiring was influenced by the Holy Spirit of God to choose me to work. And I've gotten many promotions with the company. I've been with them for 22 years. And I am convinced that every single one of those situations, the Holy Spirit of God, whether they realized it or not. You see, God, God can speak to lost people the same as He can speak uh, to, to save people. Because is that not what He done to Pharaoh? He said he, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, He could soften Pharaoh's heart too. So I believe that God blesses us uh, and one thing that I try to tell people uh, whenever they come to work for us is like, look, if you want to advance your career and you want to be promoted and you want to do other things, we, we will never as a company promote the person that is always whining and complaining and arguing and griping and fussing. Why in the world would we want that person in a position of leadership leading other people? So I tell them, 
Don't, don't be the person that's always griping and complaining and fussing and whining and, and everything else because you are destroying your career. And that's a lot of times the, the four people that are up for that promotion, the, the three that are much better qualified, that have a better skill set, they're negative Nellies and complain and fuss and gripe about everything. The person that got promoted is the person that's dedicated and works hard and does their job and does it with uh, joy in their heart because that's the kind of people uh, that the company wants to uh, promote and get ahead. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 down through verse number 9, he said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So when we look at that in the sense of how we do our job at work, doesn't that make perfect sense? We, we will be blessed at work with a good raise, with, with more income, with a promotion, whatever, if we sow those good seeds. If we sow bad seeds, we're going to reap bad things from our employer. Philippians chapter number 2, starting in verse number 5. Listen to what he said. This is a very familiar verse of Scripture to all of us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he said this, this should be our mindset, not just at church, but in the world when we're dealing with other people and on the job. He said, let this mind be in you, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found as fashion man, what did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Then he said, do all things without murmurings and disputing. That also means when you go to work. <laughs> we should do all things, even on the job, without murmuring and without disputing. Uh, verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless. See, if we do it without murmuring and dis disputing, we'll be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. And then what does he say? In the, in the midst of of a crooked and perverse nation. That kinda, that's kind of describing the United States, isn't it? So we can be blameless as Christians. We can be harmless as Christians in the middle of this crooked and perverse nation if we have the mindset that Christ had. So let's recap. What was the mindset of Christ? That He said, let this mind be in all of us. No reputation. Made Himself no reputation took upon himself the form of a servant. He humbled himself, became obedient even unto death. You know, if my employer ever asked me to die for them, I think I'll quit. I really will. But Jesus became obedient even unto death. And he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and... In verse number 9 of Philippians chapter 2, he says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Wherefore means because of these things. Because Christ made himself of no reputation. Because he took on the form of a servant. Because he humbled himself. And because he was obedient, he was highly exalted. 
We, we use the saying karma. We say what goes around comes around. That all comes from Galatians uh, where he said, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All that, all that comes from the Word of God. People say it all the time. They don't realize they're quoting Scripture, but that's really they're, they're quoting the concept of Galatians chapter 6. So if we're going to be uh, highly exalted on the job, if we're going to be highly exalted at church, if we're going to be highly exalted in our family, if we're going to be highly exalted in this world, this is, the, this is what we should do. Make ourselves of no reputation. Take upon the form of a servant. Serve other people. Do it with humbleness in the heart and be obedient. And we'll be highly exalted the same way Christ was. And then he says, do all things without murmurings and disputing. So as a recap, in verse number 5, he says to servants to be obedient unto their masters as unto Christ. In verse number 6, as the servants of Christ. In verse number 7, as to the Lord. So when we go to work, we need to work just as hard uh, as we would if we were serving God. <clears throat> now, if God expects a slave to be obedient to their masters as unto Christ, then surely He would expect us to be obedient unto our, to our employer as unto Christ. It is God's expectation that we serve those that have been placed in positions of authority over us the same way that we would serve Him. Now, here's the question for all of us. And when I ask these kind of questions, you have to understand, it cuts me just as deep as it does you. If I was as dedicated to my job, this is what we have to ask ourselves. If we were as dedicated to our job as we are to the cause of Christ, would we still have a job? If we served our employer the way we serve God, we get up on Sunday morning and say, man, I really don't feel like going to church. We just roll over and go back to sleep. What if you did that on Monday morning? I don't feel like going to work. I'm just going to roll over and go back to sleep. Hey, listen, I'm talking to myself too. I, and I have to say this, most of us, most of you are in the same shape that I'm in. Sometimes I'm more faithful to my job because that's how I pay my bills than I am to what God wants me to do. And I think all of us can get, have been there at one time or another and can easily be there. <clears throat> now, in verse number 9, he switches gears. And then he says, and, so he just talked about all these things to the servants, how that they're supposed to serve their masters just like they're serving Christ. And then in verse number nine, Paul says, and ye masters, do the same things unto them. So he said, you slave owners, you treat them the same way I told them to interact with you. You treat them with kindness. You treat them like your servant, the, the same way that you would treat them serving God. And then that goes, to, you see, the company I work for, there, there are some people in the company that I work for that honestly think that you're not a good business person unless you're some kind of a jerk that everybody hates and that everybody's afraid of. They think that's good leadership. There, there are people that, I, that work for the company I work for 
that their goal in life is to embarrass people and to call people out in front of groups and to make them feel like idiots and to make themselves look good and to make everybody else in the room look like an idiot. Because that's what a good business person does, right? No, that's, that's what a bully, that's what a schoolyard bully does. That, that's not what a great leader does. A great leader leads the same way Christ did as a servant. What did Christ do? Did He make the disciples wash His feet? No. He was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was the only begotten Son of Almighty God Himself. And what did He do? He got down on His hands and knees and He washed the feet of the men that followed Him. And He said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He not only was obedient unto death, He was also obedient in the fact that He was a servant leader. He served the people that was under His authority. And now it goes on to say, after He said, Do the same thing unto them, He said, Forbearing threatening. So what that forbearing means, it means to stop doing it. <laughs> Forbear means to keep from doing it. So he's saying as leaders, if, if you are in a position of leadership with people that report to you, you should treat them the same way you expect them to treat you. You should serve them uh, and not threaten them. <clears throat> um, and then he goes on to say, knowing that your master also is in heaven. So he says, look, you may be the owner of your own company. You might be a CEO. You might be a, a great leader. You might be the president of the United States of America. But you still have a master in heaven. And all of us will answer to God himself. And not just for the sins that we commit, but for the way that we treat other people, the people that are under our authority and the people that are above us. <clears throat> we all must be su submitted to God. And then he said, at wrapping up verse number nine, he said, neither is there respect of persons with God. So in other words, if you are a CEO of a company, if you're the president, if you're a congressperson, whatever, or a senator, God doesn't show any respect for that. God holds a, a senator or a congressman to the same expectations and the same standard that he holds you and I, just regular common folk. So they may, they may not be accountable. Somebody that owns their own business may not be accountable to how they treat people, but they will be accountable to God. They, they will stand before God and give an account for that. God's not a respecter of persons and he doesn't expect us to be either. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, listen, listen to what he said. Paul said, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And that also goes with on the job. So if I'm in a position of leadership and somebody that reports to me does something wrong and, and brings... Uh, you listen... I've gotten yelled at so many times in my life because somebody that reported to me did something wrong and sometimes it was, it was exactly what I told them not to do and they did it anyway, but I got in trouble for it because that's the way it works, okay? If the players on the football field don't do what the coach tells them, the players don't get fired, the coach gets fired. 
right? So I've gotten in trouble many times for doing for people doing things that I absolutely told them not to do. So how does God expect me to deal with that person? To be kind and tender-hearted, forgiving them, just as Christ uh, has, or God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter twenty, verse twenty-seven. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So as we can see in chapter 5, verse 22, all the way down to chapter 6, verse number 9, this is what Paul is saying. God holds everyone accountable. Nobody gets away with anything. God holds husbands accountable to how they love their wives. God holds wives accountable to how they submit to their husband's leadership. God holds children accountable to how they obey and honor their parents. God holds servants or employees accountable for how they submit to their employers. God holds masters or employers accountable for how they treat their employees. Everyone is to submit to the Lord and to one another. That's where he said in chapter 5, verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So I should have a godly fear when I go to work and not that I'm afraid of my boss, but I would be afraid of letting the Lord Jesus Christ down because he has commanded me to do my best whenever I go to work. All right, so we will go ahead and stop there and we will pick up in verse number 10 next week.